You have cancer is one of the scariest things a doctor can say. Even with recovery and survival rates improving drastically for most cancers, a diagnosis can be one of the darkest times for an individual and a family to go through. Today for this episode of the Prescott Woman Podcast, we talk with three very close sisters who are all too familiar with what cancer diagnosis, treatment, and recovery are like. Jody, Jamie, and Janine have gone through it not once, but twice. Jody Paget, a hardworking financial planner, got breast cancer when she was 45, and seven years later, her baby sister Janine Sass was diagnosed, also at age 45. Janine and middle sister Jamie Regal are both registered nurses and provided huge support when Jody was going through treatment and navigating the medical system. By the time Janine was in treatment, many aspects of cancer care had improved, but all three sisters remain motivated by their individual and shared experiences to continue bringing light, information, and hope to our friends and neighbors here in Prescott if and when they hear the scary C word. We have a candid talk with the sisters about their journey together and what they've learned about being sick, staying well, and caring for the people we love. Jody, Jamie, and Janine are some of the most positive, energetic women we've met, and we know you'll be as inspired by them as we are. Just a quick note, many of you may already know this, but it bears saying, men can get breast cancer too. So while this conversation is focused on women and breast cancer, the content is definitely relevant to other cancers and to anyone who can get breast cancer, which apparently is everybody. This is the Prescott Woman Podcast, an audio supplement of Prescott Woman Magazine, and we're your hosts, Kelly Roberge and Charles Matthews. All right, let's get local. Hello and welcome to the Prescott Woman Podcast. We are here with three sisters who are committed to helping this community have healthy breasts. <laughs> Is that a weird thing to say? Well, Jamie Regal, Jody Paget, and Janine Sass are three sisters who have been affected by cancer and in various ways and are really paying it forward back into this community of Prescott. And we're really curious what it was like for you guys growing up in Prescott. Well, we came in our high school years, Jamie and I. I'm the oldest. Usually I hear um, folks say Jody, Jamie, and Janine. So when you say Jamie, Jody, and Janine, it kind of throws me off because I'm the oldest. <laughs> um, so J- we came in 1979-78, and Jamie and I were in high school. And then Janine, she's seven, eight years behind us. So she was just a little tight. Do you prefer to say seven or eight years newer rather than behind? <laughs> Actually, she's... She's six years younger than younger, me, younger. Right? Okay, so seven years younger than me. Yeah. yeah. So growing up here was was uh, it was hard moving out here as a teenager in high school, but um, I still have great friends from moving out here. We just had our fortieth high school reunion a couple of weeks ago. What about you, Janine? What was it like growing up here? Oh, I loved growing up in Prescott. I was there since fourth grade, so have. Still great friends that I grew up all the way through elementary, junior high, and high school that I still get together with. And you're down in Phoenix, right? Yeah, I'm still down in Phoenix. Great. Um, so this next question is, again, you know, just an opportunity for for the listeners to get to know you a little bit. Which one of you is the best sister? Uh, uh, 
Me. Well, I'm the big sister. I'm the middle <laughs> child, so I'm the the most empathetic, sensitive, kind. <laughs> if you ever read the book called The Birth Order by Dr. Kevin Larson, um, we fit that to a T. You guys we are a case study, huh? We're a case study. So say more about that. What is what does that mean for the for the oldest for the firstborn? And um, we're list makers. We're bossy, um, um, smart. <laughs> um, and then in Jamie's that middle child where there's not as many photographs in photo the photo album <laughs> as there are. <laughs> she loves to mediate. She hates any kind of conflict. So we're hate it. She hates it so much that she actually makes it the conflict just to get it resolved. I'm good at that. But I usually get it resolved, right? <laughs> you don't let it. You don't let it fester, huh? No. And then Janine's the baby of the family. So she was the most popular friends were important for her. She, yeah. What else do you call a baby of the family? Spoiled. <laughs> Spoiled. She had three. She had three moms, not just one, but three. It must have been really challenging when the two of you got diagnoses at different times with breast cancer then. Very much so. So being the oldest, I got to go first. And, you blazed and the trail, then, huh? Yeah, yeah. And then Janine was seven years later, right, Jamie? You're the counter here. Um, but we were both the same age. We were both 45 years old, which is kind of bizarre. Um, Janine had a much easier experience and I, I think medical advancement for that and also early detection big time helped her. Yeah. So Jody, what was your experience like getting diagnosed? Like what, what came up for you to hear that news? Um, what happened? Um, well, it was interesting cause I had three negative tests. So the mammogram showed nothing. The ultrasound was clear and my MRI was fine, but yet I could see it. Um, I am kind of the black sheep in my family. I do not do medical stuff well at all. Um, it works well in taking care of our mom as she gets into her older life because those two, Jamie and Janine being nurses, can take care of her body. And I'm very happy to take care of her money. So it works just fine. But saying that, if I didn't have sisters who were in the medical field that were the persistent ones to lead me through this maze, which I have no understanding. So I remember her calling me very frustrated after her MRI came back as negative and she didn't understand that and I didn't understand it either. And so at the time I worked at the hospital in the cath lab and I saw Dr. Roosing at the coffee pot and I said, so Dr. Roosing, if you can see a tumor and feel a tumor, why can't they just biopsy it? And he's like, have her come see me in the office this afternoon. And he did the biopsy right there. And she was diagnosed a couple of days later. So Jody's persistence and her, you know, just why, why, why is this, why is everything showing up negative? You know, that's what got her the treatment she needed. That's one of the things I want to make sure people know is you have to be your own advocate. You have to really push to make sure that you're getting the care that you need. Or else hire a couple of sisters. Right. Right. <laughs> right. right. Who, are, who are both nurses. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm 
curious, did you guys find out after the fact why it took so many tries to get the correct information, the correct diagnosis? So now that I work at the breast care center, I can understand it better. Patients who have really dense breasts, it's really, really hard to see cancers. And now that, and that was, what, 14 years ago, Jody. The technology is really so much better. They have 3D mammals. The ultrasound technology is state-of-the-art now. So you just, you just couldn't see it. It was really hard to see because of the density. But like my point was, you know, if you can see it and feel it and you know something's wrong, just, you know, stay persistent. And she got that biopsy and was able to get well, great care. And remember, the doctor that I was seeing said it, if, if I had breast cancer, it would be the first time in his 30-year career that I would have three negative tests and have breast cancer. And he sent me on my way. He said to check back in in six months, and I probably would not be alive. Right. Wow. That That is incredible story of, of courage and, and fortitude to keep after it like that. And to uh, let your sisters help you through. What was it like for you, Jody, when Janine got diagnosed at the same age that you had been? I remember the phone call, and that was a tough phone call for both of us. Um, yeah, but and, she, and she'll tell you the story too, but she has a good friend, one of her best friends, that kept nagging her to go get a mammogram. And and finally, that she did. And that's where they found it in early, early detection. So I still remember the phone call. So Janine, was that, that was your first mammogram and it, and it came up positive? No, I had had one when I was 40. And then I just kind of ignored it. And then right when Jody got diagnosed, she kept telling all of her friends and family, go get a mammogram. She like, that was one thing she really through the process was really encouraging us. So I did go right after Jody was diagnosed like that November, I think you were diagnosed in August Mm -hmm. and everything was clear. And so then I just kind of, honestly, I ignored it for seven years. (laughs) And then in 2007, I went again. And then that's when they found it a very small, small little tumors. And what year was it? Yeah. I, or you were diagnosed 2007. I was diagnosed 2014. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd had my first, my second mammo in November of 2007, and that one was fine. But because you got in there early for that second one, when you did get the diagnosis, uh, your uh, it sounds like your treatment went really differently than yeah, than Jody's. Yeah, definitely. Your path through the the medical system. Definitely. But yeah, like she was saying, one of my best friends at work kept saying she saw Jody's Prescott Women magazine on the side and she goes, oh, your sister had breast cancer. And she read the article and then she's like, oh, when was the last time you had your mammogram? I was like, uh, like seven years ago. (laughs) And she's like, what is wrong with you? And like literally every day she'd come into my office. All right. Did you make your appointment? Did you make your appointment? No, not yet. Wow, you got good friends in addition to good sisters. I know. Yes, exactly. So what were some of the specifics about how the progression and treatment was was different for you, Janine, than it was for Jody? Well, for me, mine was called, what was it, Jamie, DCIS? It's called ductal carcinoma in situ, which means the cells are just in the duct. It hasn't invaded the breast tissue yet. So early, some doctors call it a precancer or an early cancer. 
Yeah. So then when I got diagnosed, then I, um, they immediately did a lumpectomy within, gosh, I was diagnosed middle of March and by April Fool's Day, I thought it was an April Fool's joke actually. But um, yeah, I had surgery on April 1st. They did a lumpectomy, took out the part, and then I had to wait like five weeks. And then I had to do radiation every day for six weeks, every Monday through Friday, which is a lot different than what Jody went through. So a lot less invasive, a lot less, lot less impactful on your life. Would that be a good way to describe uh, it? Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it was tough when you hear those words, cancer. It's She got to keep her hair, though. That's an important distinction. That's an important distinction. And, and Jody is the, as the then, you know, big sister now, now, now baby is, is sick. What was that? What was that like for you? It was hard. I think it was harder. It's harder to watch someone go through it than to go through it yourself. I think. Yes, it is. And I had to Um, do it twice with you guys. (laughs) Yeah. But don't even the score. No, I don't want to even it. (laughs) <laughs> no. So when you say it was it was harder, to, you know, for for the two of you to to watch, you know, a sister or two go through it. What what is what comes up? What makes that what makes that hard? What makes that challenging? Well, for me, seeing my sister go through it, I felt helpless. Like, what can I do? And you know, I like Jody. I remember your very first appointment went. Yeah, it was hard. <laughs> yeah, and scared. It's very fearful to hear that that word cancer you know i think my first experience was bre- with breast cancer was when my best friend in high school's mom had breast cancer and she died you know in 4 months she died so to hear my sister say i have breast cancer that's the first thing is like oh my gosh i'm going to lose my sister it's overwhelming there's a lot of roller coaster is what i said in the article it's just an emotional roller coaster both as you know someone watching it and being there to support and love someone and then also of course these two that have had it what have you guys learned about supporting other people who are going through treatment because i'm guessing our audience is going to touch people's lives who are in that position right now who have someone they care about who's going through treatment what would you what would you tell them about how to you know from the perspective of a caregiver as well as someone who has been through it themselves what would you tell somebody who's in a role of support right now well i had a friend and she's still a very dear friend of mine who every friday um, pretty much through my chemo, and I had two sets of chemo, but every Friday made soup and brought me soup. She never asked me what she wanted, what I needed or whatever. She brought me soup. So that's probably one thing I've learned, and it doesn't have to be breast cancer, but just life in general is just to help out your neighbor. You don't need it. And there are so many times when people said, what can I do to help you? She didn't. She just did it. So don't, took, don't took, ask, just do what you can. Just do. Yeah. And I think, and I think Jamie and Janine have adopted that too. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Yeah, because honestly, when you're going through it, and people say, "Oh, what can I do for you?" It's like a not even a pride thing. I think it's just a, like, "Oh, I'm a fine, I'm fine." But then it's those people that came and rang our doorbells and said, "Here's some soup," or you know, "Here's a card of encouragement," or "Here's popcorn," or you know, "Here's a movie with a blanket for you to sit around and relax." And 
yeah, the big thing is being a doer, not an asker. I think some people I know I'm one of those people who's afraid to get it wrong. Is there something and I'm sure it's different from person to person about what would be unwelcome or annoying. Is there kind of a a third rail that people should avoid that you guys have discovered or seen in other people that you're involved with? Because you guys are helping out other people who are going through it as well. Yeah, I get that. I get what you're saying from your perspective. But I think everyone that I've helped, and I know I seem to be a person here too, that if someone is diagnosed with breast cancer, my name's out there and I'm one of their first people they call. And um, it is just having someone to talk with, just someone who's done it, um, someone to cry with. Someone Uh, to know that there's hope, you know. True. I mean, breast cancer isn't a death sentence anymore, you know, especially when when it's caught real early. There's like a 98% survival rate with with the good treatment they have. That's remarkable. That is remarkable. So I'll just summarize this for the listeners and for myself. Just be brave and reach out to the people you love if they are running into a diagnosis. Just show up. Yeah. And I will try to remember that as well. Yeah. Soup. And you make really good soup, I Kelly. I do make you, good you, soup. You can't go wrong. <laughs> I like you can't soup. can't go wrong. Absolutely. So I'm just really curious how this shared experience has affected your relationships with one another. You you said you were already close sisters to begin with. Um, how, has it changed the relationship? Has it strengthened it? Did it, did it stress it out? I thought we were in good shape before, but um, it's definitely put us together to for a mission to help others. Right. And that makes us all the stronger too. Can you tell us a little bit more about that mission? I'm um, just to be there to help folks. We love doing fundraisers. We did walk for Susan G. Komen for probably 11 years. Um, we like now, uh, we're feeling that we want to keep our money more local and doing fundraisers, whatever we can around the community. Uh, and just you letting us talk is great. We just we just want to get the word out yeah. and, and be there for people. And I love, 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 love my job. I feel like I'm there. I can be that empathetic person that's been through it. Um, I know what they're going through. I stay positive all the time because I remember that fear, you know, oh, my God, my my sister has breast cancer and twice. I had to hear that. And, um, and so I know that fear and I feel like if I can just keep a positive note, remind them, you know, early detection, it can be successfully treated, you know, and my goal is to just be there for them and get them where they need to be. What about you, Janine? What did you, what do you notice about the, any change in the relationship, any change in the, in the sisterhood? Um, same kind of thing that Jody was saying. It just, we were already super close knit family and. Of course, when you go through something like that, it makes your bond even closer. And just seeing my sisters there for me day in, day out when I was going through it. And I feel we did the same thing for Jody. Remember, Jody, when we would um, have every week too, somebody would make different baskets for you. Yeah, that was fun. When you were going through. So Jody even actually said one time, I kind of not. How did you say it? I kind of look forward to going to chemo, get chemo because I wonder what kind of gift I'm going to get today. Or, (laughs) you know, we would surprise her. So when she'd come in, I think it was like once a week or something, 
like her different groups of friends and family and work people and people just did these fun basket theme baskets every week. So something to look forward to in the midst of chaos. Prescott Woman shows its dedication to this community in all the ways. They cover local stories, feature local businesses, honor local leadership, champion local causes, and raise money for local nonprofits. Each issue contains gorgeous photography and provides pages and pages of value, all for free. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to check out our previous episodes at PrescottWomenPodcast.com. This episode is an extension of a story in the current issue of Prescott Woman Magazine. For more on the Breast Care Center at Dignity Health, pick up the October-November issue, available now. This gorgeous lifestyle and business magazine is free at locations all over town. Go to prescottwomanmagazine.com slash distribution to find the location nearest you or subscribe at prescottwomanmagazine.com to make sure you get your issue as soon as it comes out. Okay, now back to our talk with Jody, Jamie, and Janine. So I was reading about how the the timeline has really shrunk in uh, diagnosis and treatment. Can you tell us a little bit about how that approach is is different from the old days? So um, at our breast care center, we we have an amazing team. Everybody is just passionate about what they're doing, and so. Um, they have um, a grading system for any breast imaging. And with that grading system, so say a zero is, um, that means they want more imaging. They need to see more. And then they have, um, they have staff there that see that and they're right on top of it. And they're calling the doctor. Some doctors give us preferences that we can just move forward with imaging so that we, we don't have a delay. So um, a BIRAD 1 is a negative. That's what we all want is a negative. A BIRAD 2 and a BIRAD 3 are benign findings. So they may recommend maybe six months follow-up. And, and the patients will get a letter stating that. Plus, you know, their, their physicians are notified. And then a BIRAD 4 and a 5 is where I jump in. It's telling me I need to get these people scheduled for a biopsy. And I work really hard, you know, communicating with the doctors, with the patients to get them scheduled. So that's kind of how it works. Just the whole team there, we're all on board to get patients because we know that you're, you're scared, you know, when you get a call back. And we want, want to get you the information as quick as we can. So, Jamie, how can a woman learn more about what's going on at the breast care center? What's the best way for them to to even just kind of, you know, get a look at what services are offered? And even even if they haven't had a diagnosis, um, how can they get more familiar with what with what's available there? Well, they can certainly call the center. I've had a lot of patients reach out to me. You know, when you call the center, there's a selection to talk to a nurse. And um, I've had patients call me and just say, hey, I'm new to town and want to know more information. And you're okay with that? Yeah. Great. Great. That's really, that's really welcoming. I'm not always in my office, so um, I'm doing procedures. 
but I'm always willing to call back at some point. Definitely. Jamie, as a provider, what's the number one thing you want our listeners to take away from this conversation about breast health? I would say the early detection is the best protection. That's a huge message I want to get out there. We can catch breast cancers when they're millimeters big, or tiny, I should say. Um, the imaging is, the technology is so good. And that's when you want to catch it. You want to catch it when it's really tiny because then the treatment options are better. You know, it's a lumpectomy versus a mastectomy. A chemo might not be needed because it's, it's small and they don't have to shrink it. It's just so important that women know that it really does work to come in and get your mammograms done and get it detected before you can feel it. Also, um, being able to get to know your own breasts so that you know what normal feels like. And then if something abnormal pops up, then you know, you know, you need to get some imaging done. So those are my two key points. Also, like I said before, um, being your own patient advocate, you know, if you know something's wrong, just get in there and be your advocate. Great, great. And what are the what are the age guidelines for for women now about when they should get uh, a mammogram and and how often? So a, a screening mammogram between thirty five and forty is good, and then after forty, an annual mammogram is important. Um, you know, it, and it depends too. We have ninety year olds that get mammograms. If you are healthy and ninety and you catch it early with a mammogram, you can go through treatment just like a 45-year-old or a 30-year-old. You know, if you're healthy and you want to continue getting your mammograms, that's great. There's really no cutoff on that. It's, it's personal decision and if you're up for the treatment. Great. Great. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. And Jody and Janine, as as survivors, kind of the same question, you know, well, first of all, you know, congratulations on, you know, beating cancer. I'm, I'm assuming you guys are both cancer free for for seven and 14 years, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. And, and you know, big, big thanks to, to Western Medicine for for being able to to make that happen for you. And but what's the number one thing you want listeners to take away from this conversation? To listen to my sister very clearly and take heed. <laughs> um, and, and, yeah, and, and, and it's not a scary thing. And, and to lean on family and friends to help and be there to help others, for sure. <laughs> I was going to say the exact same thing that she said. Um, no, same kind of thing. It's, it, is, it's, it is a scary diagnosis. Like, that's, you know, that's the truth. But just to know, like, you know, Jamie says, they've come so far with medical technology and the advancements now. And so when you hear the words, just take a deep breath and say to yourself, I can do this and do it. And yeah. Well, and your goal, too, is with breast cancer, with any kind of cancers, is to catch it early enough before it can go to any organs where it metastasizes. That's where you see um, the patient's don't do as well is because um, they've let it go and then it it gets into the lymph nodes and spreads. So the whole goal is to catch it early so that it doesn't have a chance to do that. 
And, you know, there's, there's surgery. Um, they like to do breast conservation nowadays um, to, rather than mastectomies to try to do lumpectomies. Um, there's radiation after treatment. And then there's all kinds of good medications out there too, both IV and, and PO by oral medication. So the treatment's out there. It's great treatment. We have great doctors. Oh, we have a new doctor, Dr. Lynette Smith. She's our new breast surgeon. And she just started October 4th, and we're so excited to work with her. If anybody wants to call me at the breast center, I'll tell you all about her. And um, she's awesome. Arizona Oncology, they have a great crew over there. The doctors are amazing. So. Yeah, we have a good team here. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I just love all of your your enthusiasm and your passion and your deep love for women and women's health. I feel very encouraged to take better care of myself after talking to you. And um, thank you all so much for being here, Jody, Jamie, and Janine. Thank you for having us and letting our message get out there. We're happy to spread it. Well, like I said in the conversation, I've never been one to just show up with soup, but I feel now like I've been given that permission, and that's so important. I feel moved by the force of these women's love for each other and for anyone going through a cancer experience. I hope I never need them, but I can't imagine better advocates and mentors for navigating one of the biggest challenges of modern life. For more information on this topic, be sure to check out the Breast Care Center at yrmc.org slash services slash breast care dash center. To schedule an appointment at the Breast Care Center, talk to your healthcare provider or call 928-771-7577. Also, there's a Zoom breast cancer support group. And if you're interested in joining, be sure to email Jamie at jsregal at yrmc.org. That's J. S-R-Y-G-I-E-L at Y-R-M-C dot org. And there's a live cancer support group, Yavapai Walkers, and they meet every Saturday at 8 a.m. at the Rough Rider statue at the Prescott Courthouse Square. You can contact Barbara at 928-717-3299 or blnelson213 at gmail.com. Again, that's blnelson213 at gmail.com. There is all kinds of help and support out there. Be sure to access it if you need it. Absolutely. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast and to Prescott Women Magazine so you never miss a moment of local goodness. Thank you so much for listening. The Prescott Woman Podcast is produced by Rocket Feather Creative.